Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Reality Served Real podcast. Uh, we are your hosts, Christina, Michelle, and Abby. Um, we're a new po- podcast. This is actually podcast number one for us. So um, we're just going to start by telling you guys a little bit about us. And then we're going to dive into the recap of the show we've all been waiting for, All Stars 3. It's finally here. And we're here to break it all down for you. So my name's Christina. I live in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, I'm a a restaurant manager at a a Mexican restaurant here. And um, I have been a fan of reality TV since I was probably in like middle school. Um, But what's kind of different and interesting about my reality TV journey is that when I was growing up, I was really not allowed to watch reality TV. I wasn't allowed to watch MTV at all. And so I have memories of sneaking downstairs to my basement and watching shows like Flavor of Love and Rock of Love and Charm School and all that good stuff on VH1. And eventually, you know, I grew up and I moved out of the house and got my first apartment and my best friend, um, Aubrey, shout out to Aubrey, she's the best friend, girl could ask for, but we started watching Are You the One together and um, I started watching the challenge because people from Are You the One were migrating over to the challenge. So as now as a challenge fan, it's kind of embarrassing a little bit to say But um, I started watching because I was excited to see people like Christina LeBlanc and Brianna LaQuesta and Nate Siebenmark and Dario, which is hilarious because none of them are even on the show anymore, nor did they make much of a mark when they were there. But I fell in love with the show and now the challenge is probably one of my favorite shows out there. And um, shortly after I uh started watching the challenge i i was listening to a bunch of different podcasts um not just challenge related but other reality tv too and i came across challenge mania and they didn't have a podcast facebook page yet so i reached out to uh scott yeager and asked him about creating a facebook page and so that's when i um he teamed me up with Greg Holcomb and we became admins for the Challenge Maniac podcast. And it's kind of full circle for me because now here I am with my own podcast and I'm super excited about it. So I got to know different people in the community that way. Um, one of the other ways through that was also Paul, Paul Butler. Shout out to Paul. He created the Challenge Fantasy League where you get points based on the players that you put in for things like drama, um, romance, and competition. Um, It's a really good time. And I, uh, as after being involved with all that, Paul invited me to the Twitter group chat. And in the Twitter group chat was where I met my lovely co-hosts, Abby and Michelle. And it's all just kind of gone from there. Uh, Recently, I asked Michelle and Abby if they wanted to start a podcast with me. And here we are, Reality Served Real. 
um, during this, this course of this podcast, not this particular podcast, but in general, uh, I hope, we hope to talk about things in our real lives, real life situations, pop culture, kind of current events going on with that kind of thing. And of course, the thing that brought us all together, reality TV. So I am really excited to talk to you guys about All Stars 3. I was super pumped for it to start the other day. Super pumped because some of our favorites are back. Some new people that are kind of new school. And do they really belong on All Stars? I don't know. Maybe not. But either way, I'm glad to see them on my screen. That's all that really matters to me. So I would say the person that I personally am most excited to see is Kayla. I'm super, super excited to see Kayla on my screen. And I am always excited to see Tina. She went to school here in Lincoln where I live. And so it's just, you know, kind of cool that I get to see her because I think that when I see her, I think, I don't know, it's just cool. There's some similarities that we have. So it's awesome. So those are the people that I am most excited to see. And another shout to Paul, because we are going to have a segment where we talk a little bit fantasy, uh, the challenge. And so I'm going to kick that off here by saying that my number one draft pick this year, if I had to pick anyone, the person who I think that's going to score me the most points this year is Miss Kayla Casillas. Super excited to see her. And I think that um, she is going to do great for me. Um, Well, for anybody who has her. So that's my, my number one draft pick. That's a little bit about me. Uh, my journey with reality TV so far, uh, kind of why I wanted to start this podcast, how I got involved in the community, and now I am going to pass it off to one of my lovely co-hosts. Michelle. Hi, y'all. I, my name is Abby, and in case I haven't said it enough on the timeline, I'm a personal trainer. Love my job, mom of three. So my second job is being a mom. Um, I'm a bit older than a lot of y'all. So I have actually been watching the challenge since the first season. I've watched the real world since the first season. Road girls, first season. Um, do I remember it all? No, because It's been many years, so a lot of details are fuzzy, but that's when I first started watching. Um, MTV was big when I was growing up before ridiculousness played constantly. There was a lot of great reality shows on there. Um, I am most excited to see Wes, which I know is a very controversial opinion. And me and Wes, I have this love-hate relationship with him, this on and off again relationship. I really want to leave him behind, but there's just something about him that I always come back to. And I just, I'm excited to see him in, in this, this area instead of just on the main show. Um, as for the girls, um, I'm most excited to see Naya. Um, I'm really excited to see how she's grown over the past few years. And, um, 
I don't know, just, just how she's changed. I, I was always a fan. Um, so I'm just excited to see her back. As far as the fantasy draft, um, my number one pick is Wes. I know he won't be doing a lot of romance. Obviously, he's happily married to a beautiful, beautiful woman. Um, but I think he's going to bring the drama, without a doubt, definitely the competition. So my number one draft pick for the fantasy league is going to be Wes Bergman. I think I covered everything. Yes, I think you got it, Abby. So I'm Michelle. Um, I currently live in New Jersey. And I think what's great about this is just listening to Christina and Abby, we all have very different accents. So it'll be very easy to tell everyone apart. Abby is the one who sounds like Ashley Mitchell. <laughs> um so I grew up in Connecticut and unlike um, Christina, I would like was a TV, I was put in front of the TV since I was like young. So I love everything 90s and especially reality TV. And I, I wish I could tell you, I have, I have such the worst memory, but I wish I could tell you what season I started watching it. It wasn't season one because I was very young, but like, I remember being in elementary school and when MTV was going to air a new season of the real world, they would put every single season on, um, in a marathon before they put the new season on. So I've seen them all through that. I didn't see them all live, but I've seen them all through those marathons that I lo like loved when I was a kid. Um, so anyway, I grew up in Connecticut. I moved into Manhattan for college um, where I actually, I think like my whole background was just like loving television and everything. I, I ended up studying media and communications and that's kind of the field I work in right now. And I think it's very related and um, inspired by how much I love reality TV. Um, I lived in New York for about 10 years and that's what they say kind of makes you a real New Yorker. I don't really think that, I am, but I do have some of those qualities, whether it be like the work ethic, kind of being a little bit cynical. So I kind of relate to that. I live in New Jersey now with my husband. Um, I'm currently eight months pregnant and I'm like very excited to be doing this podcast with Christina and Abby because Christina and I, like she said, we met on Twitter and we actually really bonded over the OC, which was really fun. And Abby and I um, have been training together for a year, maybe even over a year now at this point, actually. Um, so she and I see each other two or three times a week on Zoom in training. So we're very close as well. So it's really exciting. Um, who I'm most excited to see for this season? I always, always, always say Darrell is who I'm most excited to see, but I have to change my answer for this season. And it doesn't mean that Darrell is not my most favorite of all time. But I think with All-Stars 1 and 2, I really, really, really have enjoyed Letarian so much. I just think he is, like, so funny, so loyal. He plays the game with his heart, and he, like, is very self-aware that he's not good at actually playing the game. I think he's super supportive to women. Like, every single person who picked him as his partner for an elimination he didn't give them a hard time, even when they lost. Like, I just, I think he's been so great on the show. I love his friendship with uh, Cyrus. I love uh, his rap verse in the Save the Palace song. So 
So I have nothing but great things to say about him. And I really like, I'm glad he came back to the show because I remember him from the old challenges. And I, not that he was a joke, but I feel like he had all these like um, motivational speeches to hype everyone up. And um, he just never really performed that well. So for him to come back and kind of have like a really good reputation now and basically break every bone in Tyler's body for pole wrestle and break Ace's arm when he did the pole wrestle with him. I'm really excited to see who he will pole wrestle this season. Um, and then for the fantasy league, I actually can answer this question very honestly because I had the first pick in one of the drafts I was in and I ended up picking Jordan, who isn't really my favorite person, but I just always see him as a person who's like against everyone and everyone doesn't like him. So I feel like it's a lot of potential for conflict. He's good at the challenges. He's good at elimination. So that's kind of why I picked him. Um, and I think that's it. I think all three of us have really good first round draft picks. I think that they are all people who are really good overall at the challenge. I mean, obviously Kayla has never won before, but she brings it every season that she's on and you can't go wrong with Wes, who, if you watched episode one and two, then you know that he basically dominated the majority of those the screen time on that episode. So you definitely can't go wrong there. And how can you go wrong with somebody who has won, what, 50% of the seasons they've been on? I mean, his stats are insane. I think all the way around, all three of us have really great first round draft picks. So those are the people that we're watching that we think are going to do well. So we'll see throughout the season how well these people actually end up doing. But I think that we all have really solid picks. So if you two are ready, I think that now is a good time for us to just kind of dive into um, recapping the premiere. Because with it being a two-episode premiere, we are bound to have a lot to talk about. Let's do it. Agreed. Okay. So... One thing that I wanted to bring attention to is that one of the very first things that TJ said is only those who have qualified for a final, which means that all of the um, speculation and discussion that's been going on about Naya and like, Naya's never been to a final. Well, that can kind of just be squashed right there because TJ did use the word qualified and Naya did qualify to be in a final. So um, she was given the pack your bags or whatever speech. And so had she not gotten disqualified, she very likely would have been in that final. She was told that she qualified for the move. So those are the words that we needed to hear. And those are the words that we heard. Um, as far as it actually starting though, um, one thing that I think that I, all of us kind of wanted to talk about is who is walking in together. So the first people that walk in together are Veronica and Tina. Veronica had the very first confessional of the season where she remind us, reminded all of us that she is the only three-time female champ. Um, do either of you have any thoughts on Veronica and Tina just to get us kicked off here? Well, one thing uh, I saw was that Veronica said she was the only three-time female champ, but also Evelyn was a three-time female champ. So I don't know if that was the correct thing to say, but the, that's how I heard her, Veronica say it too. 
Interesting. I didn't realize that Evelyn was a three-time champ. So I'm glad that we have some knowledge behind this <laughs> and we were able to point out things like that and potentially correct some of the errors that are made. That would be maybe something fun we can talk about. Um, well, in her defense, I think we're around the same age and memory is not the same. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe she just not remember that Evelyn had one. Yeah, no, and why would saying, she know that? Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> totally. Um, I do want to point out, though, how stunning Tina looked. Oh, gorgeous. 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 Yeah, you can tell that she definitely trained a little between seasons because she came back and looked like she was in a little bit better physical shape than she was for All-Stars 2. And I was really excited to see that because, as I said, Tina is somebody that I was excited to watch um, because of her background with where I live and everything. But also, um, she brings the drama, and I love watching drama. So I think that, you know having a physical component to her too will just really bring her to that next level. Maybe next season she'll be somebody that we're talking about for a number one draft pick. Who knows? The um, only thing that could have made it better was if Rachel Robinson was with them and it was the trio, but it was still great to see them first. I totally agree with you, which makes it totally fitting that Mark walked in solo by himself as the very next person in, the first man in, um, do you guys have anything to say about Mark? I like the all black everything look. I, I thought it was great. I think he did a great job. Yeah, I think he did a really good job too. And I thought it was funny that they even left in the little tidbit about him not taking the tags off of his shoes just so that we can kind of poke fun at the Godfather because, you know, he's going to get hyped up all year. Got to have something to kind of knock him down a couple pegs a little bit. I thought that that was a great thing that they – added in there and also I think that there's something to say that out of all of the people that we saw walk in we only saw two people walk in solo Mark and one other person and that is Jemmy um she wasn't the next person to walk in she was right after the next people but since we're talking about solos I'll just add her in here um, I'm really excited to see Jemmy. I think that she has a lot of really great connections this season. I think that her political game will be on point. Um, I heard, I can't remember which podcast it was, but on a podcast somewhere, jo um, John A giving credit to Jemmy and saying that um, the whole reason why she was able to get her political game to where it was on All Stars 2 was because she talked to Jemmy like every day before she left about politics and Jemmy really coached her and prepped her and taught her some some things about about how to be a good political player which I think John A really instilled into her game last season and so obviously those two are people that are connected to each other. Um, if you think about the fact that Jemmy is also super connected with Veronica, they're very, very good friends. Um, Jemmy is also part of the Forever Petty podcast, which had, um, or Alliance, if you will, that had Kayla in it. So obviously they're very connected. And so all around, I think that Jemmy just is very well connected this season. Um, more so than we've seen her in the past, which she always plays a good political game the way it is. So I'm super excited to see Jemmy this year. I'm really excited to see her political game. I think that she can do a lot. 
Did you mention how close she is with yes? I'm sorry. No, I did not. Yeah, so they're super close. Well, I think that maybe even goes along with Veronica because um, yes and Veronica seem to be close. And I don't know if the alliance thing is something that maybe we want to get into now, but I can see potential cracks in that alliance just based on um, something that we'll talk about a little bit later on. I have written in my notes about um, an alliance that I see forming. So we'll talk about that yeah. when we get to it. But I think I do that- as well, but I'm I'm that's something I've been most interested in since the cast came out, how these alliances are gonna fall. Well, I mean, I have a whole page of notes on how I think they're gonna fall. But if like, you- like who's gonna be with who, you know? I'm like, who's gonna get together? Well, I think one thing that's really interesting is that from season 30 of the flagship show to season 33 of the flagship show um nine of these people were nine of the 24 on this cast were on those seasons so they've all played together pretty recently if you think about just 30 to 32 in the in that trilogy eight of them played together the only reason why I even had to add season 33 is because of Wes and because he wasn't in the trilogy. And I think that he was an essential cast member to add to that because he's an OG that is also new school. And I think that, you know, or not new school, but you know, he's, he's still on the main show. And so I think that he was an important one to add in that grouping and just do 30 to 33 and say there were nine out of 24 of these people who have played together recently or at least somewhat recently on the flagship show. So how are those alliances gonna pan out? Are they gonna be alliances? Are they going to be different from each other? Um, If we're talking alliances, you also have to think Kayla and Sylvia, two strong members of the Dolphin Alliance, uh, the other two members being Marie and Cam, who are obviously not on this season, they are closely aligned and you know, um, in episode two, we see Kayla call out that uh, Wes, Nehemiah, and um, Melinda are all from the same real world season, so they must be working together, but she fails to mention the fact, I assume, because she's so close with Sylvia and probably closely aligned with this alliance, but we also have the KC crew. We have Sylvia, Nehemiah, and Wes all living in the same city currently. Yeah. So I think that's a a lot for us to take in as far as alliances are concerned, because there are just a lot, a lot of connections this year. And I think that it's going to get messy. There's no way (laughs) that everybody who has all these connections to all these people, the webs are going to intertwine. Things are going to get tangled. It's going to get messy. And I am excited for that mess. Yeah, and to see who is going to choose who over someone else, you know, it's going to it's going to be very interesting. I agree with you. I think it's funny that it Jemmy walking in is the one that got us on this alliance tangent because you know, she just lives for the mess too. So, that's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll we'll get there. Okay, so taking a step back, the the people that walked <laughs> in were Cyrus and LT. Um as uh Michelle said, LT is one of the most people that she's excited to see for me I'm also super excited to see Cyrus because I um had the privilege to attend his birthday party in LA um I believe that was in August that was one of the coolest things I've ever done it was 
very cool. Everybody just, you know, it was like I was just one of them. It was just a party and it was awesome. It was fun. It, it was a great time. And honestly, uh, also going to Cyrus's birthday party in LA, as well as meeting some of the cast at um, Challenge Mania Live St. Louis. Those are both two things that I think connect me even deeper with this cast because I've met like half of them in person. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I love seeing them walk in together. They're honestly two of my favorites that are on this season just because I love their personalities so much. Um, so I was, I was, I love, I love that they walked in together. That was great. I agree. And especially with those two being part of um, the King's Palace last year, um, I think that that was just a, a really good idea to bring them all in together because it makes sense that um, Nehemiah and Melinda wouldn't be walking in with them, even though they were in alliance last year, um, just because. Well, wait, wait, you mean you, Cyrus, just Latarian, not Cyrus. Was Cyrus not in the King's Palace? He was he was not on last season. No. Oh, you're he right. was Tech, who I wish Tech. he was the other person I wanted to see on this season so badly. Like that was the one thing when everyone was walking in that came to my mind. I'm like, I really wish Tech was here. That really came to my mind when all the different groupies were walking in. Yeah. I was really him. Oh my gosh. And him last season, his jokes were just okay. Yes, you are totally right. I don't know. Man, I, I I don't know. I just saw those two together, and I just see them as such a, like, duo, I guess. They're, they're always, yes, they're friends. They're always on IG Live together with Nehemiah. Like, they all, they're, they're, they're always hanging out. Yes, you're, you're, yeah. you're totally right. Okay. I love Nehemiah's and LG's and Cyrus's friendship that was shown in the first two episodes. And I, how they look out for each other and... I mean, they obviously have like a super close bond. So that's right. Like right. Um, so the next people that we see walking in are Darrell and Ronnie. Um, I haven't been watching the challenge long enough to know much about Ronnie. So if either of you have anything you want to say about her, then please take that away. I know Michelle probably has at least something to say about Darrell. <laughs> Actually, I was going to say that I listened to Darrell recap the first episode and he actually talked about Ronnie a little bit on his Patreon. And I don't like to like give away like because people are supposed to pay for this shit, but it was it was nothing like that out of this world that I feel like I can't repeat. But he said, you know, um, he knew Ronnie from back in the day. I think they were on the gauntlet together. Um and I'm sorry if I got that wrong. I have horrible memory for seasons and stuff. Um, but when he used to go to New York, um, he stayed with her one time and like slept over at her apartment when he was doing like gigs and promotional stuff in New York City. So I was like, okay, it kind of makes sense why they put them together to walk in together, which was interesting. Okay, well, that's cool. I didn't, I didn't know that about them at all. So I'm, I'm glad to know the background on that and know, you know, be educated a little bit on their entrance. Do you have anything to add to them, Abby? No, I don't actually remember Ronnie at, at all, but I like her so far a lot. She seemed very chill and, and level-headed. And, um, and who, I mean, how can you help but not love Darrell? So, yeah. 
yeah, I, I definitely agree with all that. Um, I think that there was a little bit of feist in her though. I, she had a confessional where, gosh, I wish I could remember specifically what she said, but, um, she's ready to, ready to compete, ready to tear some, tear, tear some head off, heads off in the competition aspect. I think that she's going to be a really good force to be reckoned with for sure. Um, the next people we see coming in are Naya and Jordan. And one thing that I found really interesting about their entrance is they didn't just show them once walking in. They did um, an, an adjustment of the cam, cam camera, had it in a different angle, and we actually got to see them walk in together um, in two different angles, which we did not get to see with anybody else. Obviously, Naya and Jordan are huge talking points. Um, we see them later talking a little bit about their past, addressing their past. Um, both of them essentially apologized. Yeah, I mean, yeah, essentially, yeah. I would, I would love to talk to Naya about specifics. I've listened to her on two different podcasts at this point, and I know some of the things that she has said um, regarding coming on this season. Um, I know she said that one of the main reasons that she even came on is because of Jordan and because she, she didn't want him to be banned. She didn't think that it was right. She thought that Jordan has grown a lot since then. She thought she thinks that they have both done the personal self self growth that is needed. And she said that if Jordan was not on this season, she would not have been on it. She would not have accepted the call because she originally declined it, but then she found out oh, that wow. she got the call and she said that she would only do it if Jordan did it. So I'd love to talk to her about this. Hopefully in the future, we are cool enough or successful enough or whatever to get some guests on here. That would be awesome. Um, but for now, I think that their storyline is very interesting. I'm all about self-growth. I'm all about empowering other people. And I think that um, we have the potential to see that in Naya and Jordan. So hopefully they don't disappoint us. I, you know, it's hard to know if they will, but um, I'm excited to, to see what, what they have in store for us for sure. Yeah. I mean, my only thought with them is like, they're really forcing this on this on us that they've grown and matured and changed. And they're really like telling us and telling us that they're, they've done these things. I want to see it before I make a judgment. Um, I I'd rather see the action than hear them tell us that. The other thought I had with Jordan was, I was like, isn't he like a legitimate actor now? Why is he coming back to the show? So I did go on his IMDb page yesterday just to like, see, I'm like, I thought he was on a show and he was on a show um, on the own channel, Oprah's network. Um, if loving was wrong, but I guess that ended in 2017. I had no idea. I, I don't know. I thought he was still doing things. He's had a couple of credits since then. He's like on an episode of SWAT, The Blacklist whatever, but I guess he doesn't have a regular gig. So maybe that's why he came back. I knew nothing about that. I didn't, I, I, I didn't think he was doing any acting. I saw him on the blacklist. Um, that was actually really interesting because I think he was on the episode before COVID hit and the episode that it ended on when COVID hit, they started showing 
and um they ended it because they like filmed like half of it and then the rest of it was like digital animation because they couldn't film and they needed to finish like the season or whatever and so I'm pretty sure Jordan's episode was the episode before that and I could be wrong don't quote me but I'm pretty sure because I know I watched it because I watched the blacklist then but then when it did the digital thing I just kind of lost interest and (laughs) of course it's like back to like regular now but I haven't watched it since so Jordan is like the last thing that I've seen on the blacklist basically is what I'm saying (laughs) got it got it interesting so um after that we see a room full of people we see Cynthia we see Brad and we aren't shown um them coming in but we're we see that they're there um the next people we see walk in are Kayla and Sylvia as I've said Kayla is someone who I'm super excited to see and I'm just going to be completely transparent here um on well, it was for the Challenge Mania Zoom, but it ended up just being for Halloween. And in general, I was Kayla for Halloween. Um, for those that don't know, this was actually filmed over Halloween. So um, she was there filming. And so I, I dressed up as Kayla so that I could be manifesting that All-Stars 3 win. And so, um, yeah, that's that's a little bit about how how excited I am to see Kayla. Okay, just a little. And I've seen, I've seen pictures, <laughs> and you did a very good Kayla. Thank yeah, you. It was great. It was really great. <laughs> I appreciate that. But yeah, that was fun. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything to add about Kayla or Sylvia. Um, Sylvia, I think, is one of the most underrated competitors in the flagship show. So. I think she, 100%. she deserves to be on All-Stars as much as any of the rest of the people that are there. She ha- she fucking dominates. And I think that she's going to be awesome. So I agree. I agree. Um, I feel like a huge hypocrite because I'm the type of person. I'm like, I just want to see the old school people on the show. I don't want Kayla on the show. I don't want Naya. I don't want Jordan. I don't really even want Wes on the show. But when Sylvia was announced, I was so fucking excited. So I'm a huge hypocrite. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that I, I was excited to see Sylvia too. I mean, she's part of the Lavender Lady. She's part of the Dolphins, both alliances that got a lot of flack. Honestly, because of this like video that I saw of them doing the time capsule thing on their, on the challenge, uh, social media, and they bringing out Sylvia's jersey that said LL for life or whatever it said, I, I started thinking about it and honestly, the Lavender Ladies, I'm I'm honestly a pretty big fan of, but the Dolphins are where it's at. The Dolphins are a better alliance. I mean, especially- They came know, first. Yeah. No, they didn't. The Lavender Ladies oh. came during Invasion and the Dolphins- oh. Yeah. So the Dolphins were the following season and, and I think two seasons- See, my memory sucks. Yeah, it yeah, the Lavender Ladies were first. They they came in invasion, but um the dolphins are um they're better. I mean, Marie is in tip top shape now. She'd be an even better competitor than she was and she made it to the final and um final reckoning and if she was in the shape that she's in now, I think her and Kara probably could have done some damage, but she, Yeah, we, we need to start 
start a petition, bring back Marie. Yes. But bring going, back- going back to what you're saying, li- listen, it was all over Twitter. Some people are like, what are these people doing here? And then some people were happy. Everyone had their own opinion, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. And I, to be honest, I, I freaking love this cast. I think it's going to be the best all-stars yet, whether some of them are new school or old school. Yeah, I think that, I think it's going to be good. I think it's the best cast that, um, in my opinion, we've seen since Final Reckoning. I, I mean, that stack was pretty cast as far as, uh, it's, it's the best cast we've seen in a while. So I think that this is the best one that we've seen since then. Um, so I'm very, very excited to see everything unfold this season. Um, the next people we have walking in are the Austin crew, Wes, Nehemiah, and Melinda. Um, and the one thing that I wanted to note about that, that we haven't already noted, because we have kind of already talked about them a little bit, is that um, Wes says that he is here to take the good and fun-loving nature of All-Stars and turn it on its head and ruin it. Those are his exact words. And you know what? I think he's going to do just that. And honestly, I'm kind of excited to see it. I loved All-Stars 1. I loved All-Stars 2. It was a great start. But now I'm excited to see some of these top-tier competitors play a little dirty. Bring it. I agree. Um, so my, my reaction was kind of like the opposite. I'm like, ugh. Wes is really going to ruin the show for me, isn't he? And it's not that I don't like him. I've always like, I, when he was the underdog, when it was like everyone against him, Kellyanne, yes, and everyone, that's I, was, I was with him. Let him go. Yeah. Loved him for years. Yep. So, but it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much I'm going to like him on the show. We'll see. I, I kind of like the, like the way one and two were, but I'm going to be open-minded. Okay, well. Okay, well, we can all agree that Wes is still we're in conniving and arrogant and has, you know, <laughs> which I still, after all these years, am unsure if that's a character he's playing because he seems to be really well-liked outside of the show. I'm like, is this just his persona on the show? I mean, and on social media? Because he seems to be really close with many of his castmates over the years. Wes? Wes. Yeah, I think that, um, I think his business ventures have a lot to do with that. I think people want to get involved with that. And I think that when he um, did, gosh, I can't remember what it was, but during the pandemic, when he had all the people from the challenge coming into Kansas City to do projects around the city, I think that helped him create a lot of bonds that he wouldn't have had. Um, had he not done that. So I think that he makes really smart moves to make personal relationships with people. And that's what makes some of his alliances honestly kind of scary. Because he's just a political mastermind. And um, I don't think that was missing from All Stars 1 and 2. But at the same time, I think that it kind of was because it was kind of all kumbaya, you know, as they're saying um, before, which was great to watch, but the challenge is a dirty game. 
and it's it's got to get dirty eventually and I think that that's why players like Wes and Kayla are great great additions to um to the show Kayla came right out and said I'm not here for this kumbaya shit yeah I agree I mean yeah she did I think I think that it'll be an interesting dynamic having those two in the house for sure um so the next okay just just speaking of Kayla real fast Mm -hmm. I thought before we go on to the next people the funniest part of intro well I don't know who she was with but they're walking and all of a sudden she steps into that damn pool. She's yeah, like, oh shit, yeah. this is the pool. Yeah, she was walking with Sylvia <laughs> and Jemmy, and Jemmy is just holding her glass of wine and laughing. It's hilarious. Loved it. Yes, for sure. Um, so some of the next people that we see walk in are Kellyanne, Kendall, and Tyler. One thing that I really wanted to note about this is that in Tyler's intro, he even tells us that he broke three ribs, his diaphragm moved several inches in his body, and that he (laughs) fractured his wrist. Now, one thing that I think is very, very interesting about this is that All Stars 2 ended filming, and All Stars 3 started filming three months away from each other. Three months. So he had three months to heal. So if you had broken ribs and a fractured wrist and a misplaced diaphragm what are you doing back on our screens i mean i'm happy to see tyler but like my goodness dude come back for all stars four let your body heal a little bit right i yeah, mean he, he does nothing for me he, he doesn't entertain me i don't really think he's funny but they could have gave someone else a spot i don't remember who the alternates were supposed to be i think maybe ace was one of them they could have given us ace you know, I'm not a huge Tyler fan. I haven't been since Key West. So I think part of the reason why we get Tyler though, is because Tyler, if I'm not mistaken, let me look at my cast list really quick. Um, is yeah, he is the only, I guess, besides Veronica, he, Veronica and Tyler are the only LGBT um people that we are seeing this season so I think that's really important that they're diverse I'm really happy that he's on this season because of that I I enjoy watching people who are different from me um I personally am a straight female but I love watching um all different types of people and I think that he brings a diversity that is fun um I was going to mention this later, but as since we're talking about Tyler now, I'll just talk about it now. But when we see the party in um, the first episode, I believe it is, and he is just dressed in his skirt and he is just full force, just being his living his best life self living his best best life yeah I think that's so powerful and honestly I think that it's brave and it's courageous because correct me if I'm wrong here but his job in real life outside of the challenge is to be a teacher so to go on national tv and portray himself as that raw self that is dressing as his alter ego I think that that I mean, it could receive a lot of backlash from the parents potentially, and he just doesn't give a shit. He is just who he is. He 
believes in himself clearly. And I, I really admire that about Tyler personally. Christina, that was really nice. And now I feel bad, but I still wish they had someone else. Um, I was just thinking the other person I think that might've been an alternate was Dan Renzi from Miami, who would have been great too. But I think that was very nice what you said about Tyler. And true. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, of course, Kellyanne and Kendall, the yoga bitches were there with, right by his side or the hot sluts, as Tyler calls it later in the, in the episode. And I think it's funny that Kendall's like, I don't know if I want to be a part of that, but <laughs> um, I, I'm excited to see them too. Um, I think all three of us have probably talked to Kendall on a personal level and um, she's just great. I'm, I'm happy to be acquainted with her and I'm always rooting for Kendall for sure. I like how they kind of like broke the fourth wall and were like, why were we paired together? Like, cause when they walked in, I'm like, why do these three people have like, well, I, I was racking my brain cause everybody else I'm like, okay, I see the connection, but then I didn't see what the connection was. So I like how they were like, we don't even know what the connection was. And then they decided that that's what it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Kellyanne and Kendall makes sense. Could you just like throw Tyler and yes. kind of confusing, especially because Kellyanne and Tyler had never even met prior to all stars three. It's a little yep. confusing, but I, I agree. I like that they gave themselves a name. Uh, yep. So the very, very last people that we see walk in are MJ, Yes, and John A, who are the winners of All-Stars 1 and All-Stars 2. And we got them all walking in together, and I thought it was, like, perfect. They played the, um, the song Remember the Name, and I just thought that it was just – I was – pumped to see those three walk in together. Love them all. I thought John A looked like the best she's ever looked in her life. Like she looks so pretty. She's thriving. Yeah. Right now for sure. So um, after um, we see all the intros, we um, see Jordan and, and Naya address their past, which we kind of already touched on. So we don't need to touch on that again. I don't think, I think we've pretty much covered what we need to cover there. Um, but one thing that I wanted to note too, is that up until this point, it kind of seems like the West show. So before the daily challenge even starts, we see when they introduce Wes, when he's walking right after he walks in. And then also we see a montage of Wes on a treadmill. And both times we are seeing and hearing um, voiceovers and confessionals and people talking about um, how Wes is sneaky, how he's good at the game, how he's conniving, how he is a political mastermind. They're giving him insults and compliments all kind of smashed into one. And so um, as Abby said, as her number one draft pick being Wes, I think that that was really, really showcased in episode one because Wes was probably the star of the star of the episode. So um, just getting, getting past that and into the first daily challenge, um, we have the challenge where did either of you write down the uh, name of the daily challenge? I'm sorry, I don't have that written down. 
No, I just wrote down it was like the color puzzle. Okay. Through the wall. But I don't know what I'm sorry, I don't know what the name was. I'm not I'm that's not my forte, I guess. That's okay. I think I wrote down the other ones, but I missed that one. Um, but basically uh, I just called it the memory game puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. So it was um like they they had to uh look through this hole and memorize the pattern, the color. Um, the way that the piece was going and the little like animals that were on the piece. And then they had to go back um, after memorizing it and recreate um, the pattern that it was in. So we get the funny line from Jem, who when she's saying that she's good at remembering other people's business, but not so much these kinds of patterns and things. And um, we find out pretty right away that Cyrus is colorblind, so this is maybe not the best challenge for him. Um, we get Tina's funny little comment about how it looks like the guys are looking through a peephole, trying to look at the strippers. We have some some pretty funny moments um, watching this daily daily challenge as far as what some of the other cast members are saying about about what's going on. Kayla shading the older ladies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Girl, I'm about to get readers in a couple years. That's hilarious. Well, Kayla's by far the youngest on the cast. She celebrated her 29th birthday while filming. So she is definitely um, definitely one of the younger ones for sure. So um, Wes does a check pretty much right away after only going, through, going back and forth a couple times. And um, you hear MJ yell super loud, oh shit. And so we know that people are concerned about Wes winning this one, but he is not correct on that first attempt. However, um, after all of the guys have several checks and it's not going well, we see that finally um, Wes does win the first daily challenge for the men. Um, then we have the women up next. And when the women go, we see that, um, first of all, the first female shown is Kayla and not only is she just like shown but they do like a whole like up and down her body and then they flip to an interview and Kayla just like really gets like a lot of screen time being that first girl shown um going into this first daily however she's not the winner here the winner is Sylvia and Sylvia pretty much wipes the floor with this she be all the guys she was the overall winner um she I think I heard her someone maybe say in the in the crowd that she memorized it all down and back one time so wow. yeah go Sylvia she's that's like Devin remembering the 20 digit code on the last final or whatever it was you know it's it's pretty crazy but yeah Sylvia has clearly showed us here that she has a great memory and she can um dominate completely in this kind of challenge. So I was super excited to see that. Um, uh, going back to the men, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention this, but um, we learned that last place goes straight into elimination and our last place guy was Cyrus and our last place girl was Cynthia. So we are definitely seeing Cyrus and Cynthia go into elimination after we see um, Cyrus and, and, uh, that Cyrus and C Cynthia are going into, um, elimination. We learn about the authority. 
So the authority is the top three men and th top three women of each challenge that get together. And those six people decide who is going into elimination against the last place people. So um, this first challenge, we have Wes, Yes, and MJ for the guys. And we have Sylvia, Kellyanne, and Veronica for the girls. I think that we have a pretty solid first authority. Um, and uh, um, that's pretty much what, what I have to say so far. I've just been really talking about how this challenge went. Do you guys have anything to add to about the first daily before we go on to, um, I guess, I guess the last thing I have to say is about the sabotage. We also learned that the number one um, winners, male and female, uh, get to sabotage one player on the next daily challenge. So we learned all about all these different twists and things that are going on pretty straight out the gate in this first daily challenge. Um, yeah. Do you, either of you two have anything to add about the first daily? I just want to throw it back to the first all-stars, I think where we found out that Cyrus was colorblind. So the producers know he's colorblind. He's 50 years old. He's like 10, 15 years older than everyone else besides like Mark and I don't know, Latarian's a little bit older too. Um, and Cynthia. So he's already at a disadvantage. And then you give another puzzle that has colors be, that are such a huge part of it. And the poor guy comes in last. He could have been so angry and bitter, but I just thought he had such a great attitude. He laughed at himself for coming in last. Oh, he his commentary was at all. amazing. He was so funny about it. So I think they kind of did him dirty on that and he handled it really well. So that's all I really wanted to add. Yeah, he handled it great. He, he was hilarious. Um, I think you already said this, but to reiterate, I loved Sylvia coming out and proving herself in that first challenge. And because she knows she's underrated and she knows that people view her as not the best challenger and I've never been a big Cynthia or sorry Sylvia fan um but shout out to my friend and Sylvia Defender she's for three years she's been trying to change my mind um and I'm coming along slowly yeah. but surely yeah um so yeah I was happy to see her win I thought it, I thought it was great um the Tell other thing that I have went. her back and during this podcast throughout this season, I will help her help convert you. <laughs> <laughs> like you're going to try to convert me to Brittany. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to convert you to Brittany, but who knows? Maybe nah. someday we'll have guests on this pod and Brittany will be a guest and she will convince you to convert yourself. So I'm going to have to be nice. <laughs> I can do that. Well. I think I, I think I can do that. Um, anyways, like I said, I've watched since the beginning. I do not remember Cynthia either. She was on the very first challenge, I believe, but I love her. And I was so bummed to see her get last because she has yeah. so much energy, such like a high spirit. Um, she's adorable. And she said, I, I think, I don't know, this is an elimination part, but she cracked me up when she's like, you cut me open all that's going to come out is wine and I don't know I just I just I, w I wish we'll get there but yeah I, w I wish 
we could have seen more of her. Okay. I agree. So the next thing that we see um, is the jungle party. And the only thing that I really have about that is just what I already talked about with Tyler. So if any of you or either of you have anything to add about the jungle party, then um, now's, I guess, the time to do that. But I don't really have much else to add about that. It was just kind of a fun little thing that um, we get to see on All-Stars that we don't really get to see as much on um, the flagship show. Usually when they go out to the clubs and they're having these parties on the flagship shows, all we get to see is them talking strategy, politics, and it's it's not, not like that as much on All-Stars. So that's really the only thing that I have to note about the, the difference in the parties and the party in itself. Absolutely. That's, that's pretty much the only takeaway I got from it. Um, it just reminded me, it gave me old school challenge vibes and not going to lie, I got chills during it. And I was like, shit, like how things have changed. Like I missed this on the flagship show. So yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I definitely, definitely agree with that. And the only other thing I wrote down that I noticed was, oh, there's MJ with a knee brace on. So he's not well either. That was oh, the other I thing know, I noticed. I didn't notice that. Okay. Yep. So I did notice that. I noticed that during the deliberation. Um, yeah. And I thought that that was very interesting. And again, if we end up having guests on our podcast eventually, I would love to get to the bottom with this with MJ because I just listened to him on the Mike Lewis podcast, like within the last week and on the Mike Lewis podcast, he said that his, I don't know, I guess if you guys know this, but he recently had ACL surgery and, um, he said that his surgery and his knee injury were not related to all stars too but that we will potentially, he's not going to talk about it because we may or may not learn more about that in All-Stars 3. So I'd really like to ask him, what did you mean by that? Because we see the knee brace on episode one, it's there. So did you hurt yourself in All-Stars 2? How did you hurt yourself in All-Stars 2? Um, I am very interested to um, hear about that. I wish that I would have known about said knee brace when I was in St. Louis with, with MJ, cause I would have asked him, but, uh, <laughs> I did not know. So, um, I guess, uh, ignorance was not bliss in this circumstance. <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully we can have him on in the future. That'd be super cool. And maybe we can ask him about that. So going on to the deliberation um, where like I noticed about that about MJ, um, we go into deliberation. And one of the things that I notice is that four people talk before Wes talks. He lets everybody else say what they're going to say before he's like, eh, I don't know. MJ kind of said something that I didn't really like. <laughs> and what MJ said was that he thinks um, Jordan, because Jordan, um, he doesn't want to win a final with him. And then we have Mr. Good Boy, yes, which like, I loved yes on season one, but he needs a little, little bit more of a cutthroat attitude. 
I mean, when MJ is just, I mean, being totally honest and is like, I don't want to run a final against Jordan because he's probably going to win. Yes. is like, eh, well, I think that, um, I, I want to run against the best. So I want to run against Jordan. And it's just like, okay, well, I get wanting to run against the best, but like, also like, you don't want to, you don't want to run against what, what final has Jordan ran that he's lost. I don't think he's, I think he is all of the finals he's been in. He's won. So I wouldn't want to run a final against Jordan knowing his stats. So I I'm, I'm with MJ on this one. I think that's a good decision. Um, I think West just doesn't want to make the enemies maybe a little too early as far as getting him out. Clearly we see, um, in the next episode that he has no problem, um, giving his sabotage to him, but giving a 60 second penalty is a little bit different than getting somebody out of the game. It just is. You might have some, um, retaliation because of that 60 second sabotage or whatever, but I don't think so. I think that, I think that, um, Wes is probably right with keeping the Jordan in the game, at least now. I don't think that the first elimination is the right elimination to get him out. Um, especially when, depending on what the elimination is, I mean, there's a big age difference between Jordan. I think Jordan is 32 and Cyrus who just turned 50. Um, I don't, I don't know that Cyrus would have beat Jordan. So I, I think that, I think that was a, a decent decision on their part. Yeah. Um, I, the only thing I really took away is like, it's building up to the West versus yes, good versus evil. They're really setting that up right now. I think Wes did a little bit too much and went a little bit too hard in the deliberation when he started giving like all the wheels turning things in his head when he said something to the effect of we should put in the people who came in second to last because look how good we did. And if we set the precedent that we're putting in the people who came in second to last and we continue to perform well, no one will put us in. And like giving that whole, instead of just saying, let's just go with the people that came in second to last and leaving it that, he gave the whole mechanics of why he thought about that. And I'm like, that's not really going to do Wes any favors. All it is, is people, I guess people already know he thinks like that, but it, it well, look at like, episode. Look at episode two. They didn't yeah. follow that same pattern, right? No, so you're, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So I think that it was interesting too that um, they also came up with the idea of the safe name. However, they didn't really use it. Um, I thought it was interesting that Sylvia says that she wanted to make sure that Kayla was safe and Veronica wanted to make sure that Tina was safe when it came down to it though. And everybody was saying um, that even though it would be the move to make to, to or the move to make to make Jordan to take Jordan out, they didn't want to do it, and they kind of wanted to go with those bottom two. In my opinion, I could totally be wrong here. I could totally be wrong, but if the roles were reversed and Kayla was second to last, there is no way in hell Sylvia wouldn't fought for her. Sylvia is a loyal bitch, and. Let's be real. Veronica did not fight for Tina at all. If I was watching this back and I was Tina, I would have been pissed because Veronica was just kind of like, okay, well, if that's what everybody wants. And Kellyanne literally asks her twice, like, 
are you okay with this? She's your friend. She's in your alliance. Like, are you sure? And Veronica's like, I don't want to stick my neck out that far. Girl, you did not stick your neck out at all. That's what, that's how I know. But but Tina's not dumb because in her confessional, she's like, I don't mind that she didn't stand up for me that much because now I don't owe her shit. Yeah, she said she threw the first punch. It's honestly freeing. And I'm glad that Tina has that attitude um, because I think that she, um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's what's going to get her farther in this game. And I'm glad that she also told Veronica too, like, I don't want to talk about this right now. I want to focus on the game. We can talk about this when I come back. Love her. Yeah, agree, and I think they're really setting something up more that's gonna happen between Tina and Veronica. Like, I feel like there's so much foreshadowing. Like, okay, Tina's now saying I'm not gonna have her back. I don't have to stick my neck out for her. Like, something's gonna happen between those two more. I'm kind of excited to see what that will be. But like, guys, has Veronica? I'm trying to remember. Besides Rachel, has she ever really, and even with Rachel, been totally loyal? To a person I have no idea I know she likes to stir the pot I know that she's I just can't, being I just can't remember if, she, if she's been ever completely completely loyal to one of her girlfriends on there yeah honestly I don't I don't really know I know she and Jemmy are close yeah. yeah, close in real life, but what about games? Right. Well, we'll get to that um, in episode two. I think that we'll see a little bit. We'll, I have some stuff to say. I, I have some stuff to say. So next we um, get into the elimination, and the elimination is called Crawl Brawl. Abby, do you want to talk about <laughs> that a little bit? Yeah, I'll do a little recap on the elimination um so obviously it's Cynthia versus Tina um I don't know I would freak out in that challenge even though the gates are open it's just claustrophobic to me I would feel I would feel very claustrophobic um the sand the digging in the sand it looked like a hard-ass challenge to me um I don't know what viewers thought but just I mean, even, you know, I'm a runner running through the sand. When you run through the sand, 10 times harder than just running on the street. So just digging through all that sand, uh, exhausting. I'm sure they were exhausted very quickly. Um, And as we said before, Cynthia was the first ever female champ winner. Um, And she was coming back to prove something. And her kids are grown now. I think when she first was on, her son was one and now he's, he's in college or grown. And she's like, Hey, you know, I'm here for another reason now. Um, yeah, but it cracked me up when Tina, like, I feel like Tina has softened so much over the years. And she was saying how she really loves Cynthia. So it was bittersweet. And then it cracked yeah. me up when she's like, why am I so emotional? I must be premenopausal. Like mm-hmm. Tina, always with the lines. Um, it, it just cracks me up. But, you know, in the end, you know, Tina came out with the win, which 
I too thought was bittersweet because I really would have liked, like I said, for Cynthia to stay around. But of course I wanted my girl, Tina, to pull it out. And, and she did. And she redeemed herself. I have not watched one or two, but according to the episode, um, one of those seasons, she went out bad. So she redeemed herself. Um, And this is, I'm just adding this, even though this is more in episode two, I freaking love hers and TJ's relationship. You can tell he really likes her and their banter together is hilarious. It's It's so funny. I totally agree, Abby. Um, Did you guys, because you girls both, I think, watched this twice. I only watched it once. Did you guys think like the editing was weird on this with the carabiner? Like how did, how did Tina like almost like lap Cynthia? Like what, what, like, I feel like there was carabiner issues with this challenge for both the guys and the girls. And it was just edited together kind of oddly. And I couldn't follow how Tina got so far ahead and how Cyrus, I don't know. I, maybe you guys have a better perspective. Um, That happens on a lot of eliminations, at least in my head. Sometimes I get confused. I'm like, wait, how did you go from there to there? You know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I feel I like in a lot of eliminations were, because obviously they, they don't show us the whole thing because there's not time for that. So I feel like there's, there's gaps in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I'm not really sure what was going on with the carabiner, but it's interesting because under the guy's elimination, I wrote down under my notes that Tyler was struggling with his carabiner. So wait, I'm, wait, 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 what's a carabiner? Uh, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> like the little thing that ties your, your like rope to you. Like the little, oh, okay. like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't know. Michelle, can you describe it better than that? Uh, no, I'm actually Googling for a definition because I'm an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Okay, Keisha, you like I know what it is. I saw it, but like I don't. Probably listens to this. She she made a joke that everything has to have hashtag Abby has the question because of all my (laughs) dumb ass questions I ask. So it's not dumb. We may have a few of those throughout our podcast. It's not dumb if I can't tell you the answer. Maybe other people are just as dumb and they don't know. So I'm helping. No, yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. I can't, I couldn't verbalize what it is. So I looked it up. It says it's a coupling link with a safety closure used by rock climbers. Like a lot of people can have it on their keys to hold their keys. Okay. It's a, you know what I'm talking about, Abby? I do. I do. Okay. But later, but later, if you want to text me a picture, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be okay too. Okay. okay. Sounds good. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to know about the eliminations um is that we had Cynthia going in there as the first ever female champ is how they advertised her and Tyler going in there as a two-time champ so again it's just reiterating the fact that this season is stacked we've got some good in there so um oh I did think it was cool are we on the men's I did think it was cool that Tyler finished Yes. Even, though, even when he had lost, nice. he just kept going. I like that. I like and that. Cyrus was cheering him on and was like a great, he was a great sport about winning too. He, he was a yeah, great and sport. He was, he he was he lost daily and he was great about winning this. And I was very happy that he won. I was happy for him to get a win. I think Derek like kind of hyped it up too and said Cyrus is a legend. Like it's exciting for him to get a win. And I, 
I really like that moment too. I agree. I think that, um, that they did a really good job. It kind of, honestly, I mean, obviously not to the effect by any means of, um, what happened on the last season of, of all stars, but it gave me some Ayana Leah vibes as in just like being so, so grateful in the moment of what's going on and really, um, having the other person's back and cheering them on and not just being like, yeah, I won. It, it was more of just, um, fulfilling, fulfilling the role of what they're, what they're there to do. And, and it really just showcases that in my opinion, Cyrus is an all-star and Tyler is also an all-star. I think at least in the first two episodes, you can really tell the respect they have for each other mm-hmm. and that's nice to see so the very last thing that we're told about the eliminations um after they win is that um and the way that tj phrased this was if you win an elimination you earn the star of the person who you eliminated so in simple terms you get a star an extra star every time you win an elimination but i thought it was interesting that he, the way he phrased it and that you were getting that other person's star from them. So I thought that that was kind of cool um, way of looking at things, way to word things. And we're not told what the stars mean yet, but we do know um, that they are important. And I do, I think we all do spoilers, right? And I have seen no spoilers about the star. So I am, at a complete loss. Same. I mean, is it going to be something that we don't find out about until the final? I think that's, that's what I was wondering. Is it going to be like a head start at the final or they can give someone a, if they make it to the final or is it going to be like a bounty? Like now Tina and Cyrus have an extra star. If are people going to want to go after them more? Because now if they beat them from my understanding of what TJ said, they get all of their stars. Yeah. So if somebody beats Tina, then they get three stars out oh, of their already one. one star. Okay. That was my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes yeah, sense. No. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think you're right. And that is good call. Good catch. That is awesome. So I think that um, for the most part, if you guys don't have anything to add, um, we're done talking about episode one and we can move on to episode two. Okay. I have yeah. one more thing to add. Um, just that music fucking killed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does an episode two as well, but you I thought it was so too because they kill it on the music during All Stars. It's a different. It's on a different level. That's awesome. Yeah. I my my favorite. Like there were so many good ones, but the one that really got me was Ninety Eight Degrees Una Noche because I just love boy bands. So I was like, I love, <laughs> <laughs> love Ninety Eight Degrees. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah they they really kill it i'm really excited to see some of the music that is to come in future episodes as well because there will definitely be some that that bring us back um i guess at least for me like um the 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 90s is like when i was growing up i remember you know in the early 2000s that's I remember that music and I was so into that kind of thing back then 
because um, I, I guess I am 31 years old. I was born in 1990. So I just, I think that I just love the music that they have. <laughs> I just love it. I think that it's perfect. Yeah. Trade places with me. I'm going to be 30 again. <laughs> I'm not saying my age, you guys. You got to stop this. <laughs> I'm only saying this because I say it all the time on the timeline. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just kind of feel like 30 is the new 20. And so, you know, 30 and around the age that I am now is when Khloe Kardashian really started to embrace her life and turn her life around. So I know that it's possible and I'm just I'm ready to live my best life as, as in my early 30s. So I'm not. Oh I've, God, Christina, this is a challenge. Hey, Do not get me started on the Kardashians. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's, it, I, I'm no, digging I, I agree music vibes, okay? I'm digging the music vibes. That's <laughs> my main point of what I said. So, um, yeah. If, any Anything else to add to episode one before we move on to episode two? No, no. Let's, let's move on. Keep okay. going. Moving on to episode two. Um, we see Tina talking about coming off her win. And one of the first things that she says is that she thinks that the girls will leave her alone because she just came off of an elimination. Why would she get thrown back in? She's already earned her stripes and she thinks she's pretty safe. So um, I, that a little bit of foreshadowing there potentially, but I don't think that she's wrong. Yeah. I don't think that the girls would have thrown her in personally. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't, I don't think that had she performed better I don't think that she would have been the person that they threw in actually my prediction is that if Tina won or Tina didn't DQ and we can mm -hmm. get to that later when we're talking about it but I don't think that I, I think it's pretty clear that Kellyanne would have gotten last and with who was in the oh actually Never mind. I don't know who they would have put Kellyanne against because Kendall isn't was in the authority. Yeah, she was. Yep. So I don't know. I was gonna say they were gonna throw her against Kendall, but Kendall did too well. Sorry, that's <laughs> not an option. But yeah, so then we see John A braiding MJ's hair and they're talking to Melinda and um they're just talking about strategy and Melinda's a little worried about being so closely aligned with Wes because so many people are gunning for him. And does that mean that they're going to be gunning for her too? Um, so honestly, what we were supposed to see was the conversation Melinda was having. But what I saw was John A braiding MJ's hair, looking a little <laughs> close there. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know. If they're always together. Every scene, I notice they're always together. So, Well, episode one, John A. Wait, or am I going into episode two? Wait, hold on. You're in episode two right now, so it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, um, in episode two, when they all pick someone to save, John A., you know, picks MJ. Yeah. When they're in the authority. So yeah. Okay. Sorry. I jumped ahead. 
No, you're good. No, um, just so that we get a little bit more back into um, order of the episode. Um, the next thing that we see, and I think this is super important. I know what you're going to say. We're starting to see the alliances form. We see Kayla talking to Wes about his sabotage. And the words that she uses are use it to our advantage. So right then and there, we know that Kayla is aligned with Wes, which I thought would be the case because, again, Sylvia is a part of that, um, that Casey crew. And so who we see and Kayla visited him like you said over over COVID yep she went and, she went but, to KC and so who we see um talking about that now of course it's like edited kind of I don't know but and I was kind of trying to figure it out the edit but who they want us to see together and and it makes sense for this to be a potential alliance to me is we see Wes Sylvia Kayla Jemmy and Veronica all sitting together. So obviously we see that 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 connection that Jemmy has to Kayla forming together. We see that connection that Jemmy has to Veronica forming together. We see Kayla and Sylvia's connection. We see the Wes and Sylvia connection and we see it all coming together as one alliance. And Honestly, the only person that I think maybe, maybe they're just on the side of this alliance, maybe they just weren't involved in this conversation, but the other person that I see potentially being grouped in with these people is John A. And if John A has her plus one as MJ, I, I think that um, the seven I guess of them are gonna probably have each other's backs for as long as possible which I think is really interesting that we see Veronica finding herself in this alliance and maybe who knows she was part of a pre-alliance that we know Wes is famous for and maybe that's the reason why she didn't stick her neck out for Tina during that first um, deliberation is because she knows that People think Tina's my number one, but really I have this other alliance and I can't go against them because if I go against them and I say this in front of Wes and I say this in front of Sylvia, what are they going to think about me being part of their alliance? That's what I think it comes down to. I think that that has something to do with it for sure. And I am very interested to see how this alliance and how closely Veronica is seemingly working with Wes um and how that has to do with yes because we also see a little bit of back and forth between Wes and yes and Wes kind of being the bad guy and yes kind of being the good guy and them just playing totally different different games at this point so part of me is a little nervous that Veronica is going to turn on yes this season and um you know I heard the audio I listen to it multiple times and I think that at um challenge mania live in San Francisco when yes and Kendall were both on the stage um Kendall kind of alluded to the fact that maybe something happens this season between yes and Veronica and Ooh. I'm excited to see that I didn't know about that 
That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. And I thought I thought this feud was like so one-sided when I'm like watching the first episode. I'm like, why is Wes so like a dead set against Yes? What did this man do? And then Wes also did some article with uh Rolling Stone where he was like, Yes is the worst. So out of control. It was like, yes, is the worst person to ever walk the face of this planet. Well, I'm like, God, like, I follow this man on Instagram. All he's talking about is his kids and how much he loves his wife. And he donated his prize money, some of it to charities. I'm like, this is not a bad person. I'm like, why is there such a feud? But I am seeing, especially in this episode and then in the preview for the next episode, yes, is kind of giving it right back to him. So there is actually a real feud there. And it's not just, I'm like, why is Wes creating this in his mind? But it, there's something there between them. I think definitely and I cannot wait to see the dynamic of it throughout the season um but with that said I, I remember semester at sea barely um and then like I, I didn't watch one or two but I am obsessed with yes on social media yeah it's like the sweetest yeah he's I, an artist genuine guy everything yeah I agree yes is great and I really 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 liked him on season one but um, I'm a little afraid because I think he's going to be going against my girls. So we will see how, how that pans out in the yes category. Um, do you have any? Let me ask you this. Where, what about Nehemiah and Melinda? And the, I mean, those are Wes's best friends in real life. And I know we talked real life is different from the game, but I think that Nehemiah is probably um, linked closely. I'm sorry, I forgot about Nehemiah, but um, Nehemiah is part of the KC crew. And I know that people have not talked about the KC crew being the KC crew. And I'm just like, keep calling them that. But like, the thing is, is that they hang out in real life. Like, not super frequently, but like, I've seen them on each other's Insta stories like multiple times. And so I don't think that it's too far-fetched to um, throw Nehemiah into that category either. Um, but I think that he is also aligned with other people. And so... Well, yeah, he's close, like we said, close with LT and Cyrus. And Yeah. And honestly, I could be wrong, but I haven't really seen Wes talk to Melinda much, so... I don't know if he knew like what was going on with her physically and just kind of counted her out as a threat to people and didn't want to like fuck with it as his main alliance or um, what, but I could see Nehemiah being in there with him. But again, like I said, at the beginning of this podcast, there are so many people that are connected to each other. That the mm-hmm. web are going to get sticky and it's going to get messy. Things are going to cross. Yeah, which is um, what we want. One more thing, like you keep mentioning Casey. Um, Nehemiah just bought a house, and Sylvia was his realtor for buying that house. So yeah, he, he's he's with them as well. Yeah, I agree. I think that he probably is. Um, so every time you say Casey, my first thought goes to Big Brother Casey. Let's not go there, Abby. Please. <laughs> that's funny no I guess like for me I just think Casey like I I, the Casey crew excites me because I only live three hours away from Kansas City 
And so like yeah. I'm a big Chiefs fan. And so um, whenever I see on Sylvia or Nehemiah or sometimes even Wes's Instagram during football season of them just like cheering on the Chiefs, I'm just like, yeah, me too. And I'm just, you know, like really um, I'm for it. So I definitely vibe with the KC crew. I hope that I'm not just making this alliance up in my head because I think that they probably will be one and potentially more of, of a threat than the Austin. Um, well, I guess definitely more than Austin now that we know what happens at the end of this episode. But, <laughs> but even if that didn't happen, I think that they would have been more of a threat than Austin because of the connections that the other people have made within the house. So um, if you guys don't have anything more to say about um, that, um little talk that they had about the sabotage and all that um i think we can move on to mark calling his mom um that was just a really touching scene him talking about her having stage four cancer doing it for her um there i don't think there's really a whole lot we can say about that other than um of course like we hope that she's doing well and then also i guess i will use this opportunity um to Shout out Danny because she just did a virtual 5K um, with some challenge fans. Um, and the proceeds for that were going towards cancer. And on the back of all of our shirts, it said, in memory of and in honor of. And one of the people that it was in honor of and that we were all running for was Mark's mom. So yeah. it was kind of nice. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of all I have to say about that aspect of it unless you guys have anything to add about that we can move on to the next thing yeah okay so the next thing is the first <laughs> time that I'm sorry I just heard I just saw Michelle nod but I guess I can't see you Abby did you have anything to add no I just thought it was funny okay let's okay. go <laughs> okay so um the next thing that we see is Melinda, and this is the first time that we hear her talking about her ankle, and she's talking about the final, and again, in my mind, I am thinking, this just happened three months ago, why are you here? I mean, obviously, she addresses the fact that she said that she thought that she would be okay, but, like, if you really rolled your ankle that bad, and you're having even, like, 10% issues walking, you really think that, like, falling... 50 stories from the air is gonna freaking make your ankle any better like obviously it's not so um Melinda I don't think that it was a great idea for you to come back this season I would have loved to see you on all-stars four but again give your body some time to heal sometimes after these challenges they're just so hard on your body that um you just need to give it some time no matter how bad you want to compete Yeah. Um, so the next thing that we see is the next daily challenge. And that one is called out of reach. It is a heights over water challenge where they are basically on a swing and they have to swing hard enough and far enough that they can kick a box, which has this like little balloon thing on it that has a key attached to it. And the key opens a box that has the puzzle pieces and they have to solve a puzzle. Um, we see two heats of men and two heats of women. And the first thing that we see is that Wes 
throws his sabotage on Jordan. And we see that Sylvia um, uses her sabotage on Kellyanne. Um, I think that Kellyanne is a pretty smart person to use it on, honestly, um, even though it didn't kind of pan out the way that we wanted, that she thought that it would because Kellyanne is apparently terrible at puzzles. I was not that aware of that, but um, I think that it was a smart move because Kellyanne is a great competitor. She was one of the first ones to knock it off and had that challenge, not had a puzzle and had it been some other kind of thing instead then I think that it would have been Kellyanne would have had a better chance of doing better. And you just don't know what the challenges are going to be. It's not like they were given the rules before they decided the sabotage. So I think that it was fine that Sylvia did that. I think that it was expected that Wes did that to Jordan. Um, and they, so their punishment is that after they get their key to their lockbox, they have to wait for, um, 30 seconds. And so I also thought it was kind of funny that when TJ asked Sylvia to go first, she said, Oh, can Wes go first? And uh, he no. just like shakes his head and he's like, no, <laughs> it's like, Oh, Sylvia, come on. Like you're being a freaking boss so far. Just be that boss. Because that part. And then when she said Kellyanne's name, she didn't just say, I'm picking Kellyanne. Sorry. She gave some like weird drawn out justification that I'm sorry. I don't remember what it was. It was I remember being like, that's really weird. She said that it was because in the elimination, they threw in the bottom two. So she was throwing in the next best person. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I just thought I just was like okay just put it like don't, we don't need the weird yeah, she, didn't, she didn't need to go into that detail yeah and I'm sorry I loved it Wes is like people are like I'm scared to say names I love saying names I'll say names all day long right mm -hmm. um but just um to correct it was a one minute pen penalty not 30 seconds just yeah right. oh, I thought it was six, oh I thought I said 60 seconds I'm sorry oh maybe Maybe I misheard you. Sorry. No, I think, um, I think you're right. I could have missed. Um, I apologize. So, in heat one, we see Derek, Nehemiah, LT, Mark, West, and Jordan going in the first heat. Um, we see that Derek is the first person to kick the box off and get his key to his puzzle. Um, but then we see that um, Jordan is the second person to get to his puzzle and he has to wait that 60 seconds. And even with waiting that 60 seconds, Jordan still wins for his heat. It doesn't matter that he was given that penalty and to just have a little bit of um, icing on the cake, cherry on top, um, Wes, and LT got the 20 minute penalty. They never were able to kick their box down. Um, they just had to go to their puzzle. So it's kind of funny that Wes gave uh, Jordan the sabotage and not only did Jordan win that heat, but also Wes completely shit the bed. So I thought that was kind of funny. This challenge kind of reminded me like I feel like they watch Squid Game and they're like, let's kind of add an element of Squid Game to this because they made it like a kid's thing with the swing, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. That's that's kind of what I thought when I was watching it. I'm like, they're kind of making this like uh, a element of like childhood in the mix here. So I kind of thought that was funny. 
Yeah, I agree. So we see then that LT gets last place in his heat and then they move on to the next heat. And instead of just doing guys and guys back to back, they switch it up and we see the girls next. So we have Kellyanne, Jem, Naya, Melinda, Johnny, and Sylvia. Um, at this point, we see that Melinda mentions her ankle again, but she says that she thinks it's okay. She's not doing too bad. And so we have hope for, for Melinda for the future. However, why would they bring it up if there was hope? That's exactly as soon as that was said, that's what, we all what, what was, what, what was, was, was yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, um, I also think that it's interesting because before Kellyanne goes in her heat, she predicts that she won't do well in the puzzle. She said that she's done puzzles like that in the past and she hasn't done well. And her quote is, sometimes adults just can't do two-year-old things. So <laughs> I thought that was funny. I laughed at it. I thought it was a good quote. Um, we see I that. Did, so can I add to that, Christina? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I know Michelle watches. I don't know if we get any listeners um, who watches Big Brother. But it remi- her doing that damn puzzle reminded me of Caitlin on BB20. When it was like five pieces, the simple yes. puzzle. <laughs> she could not do it. And I like Kellyanne. I mainly like her because of the island when she didn't take any of Johnny's shit. I think it was the island. Um, and stood up to Johnny. And, you know, I, I, I've always liked her. But, God, she, she was being a little baby doing that puzzle. But it did crack me up when they were trying to help her. And she, she said, either tell me how to cheat or move on she she had some good quotes because i thought it was funny when they were like she's like they're telling me to stay calm i'm not a calm person i'm like yeah. okay that's relatable <laughs> yeah yeah i thought her her commentary was pretty pretty funny yeah she had some really good really good quotes in there um for sure i thought that it was funny when she said that she couldn't stay calm and i also thought that um uh, it was funny when she says, I can't, I don't remember what a star even looks like anymore. <laughs> I, I thought she had some really good commentary. She did a, good, a really good job. So um, then we, John A is the first to um, kick the box and, and get to her puzzle. And she is also the heat winner. She's the one who did the best out of everyone. Um, followed by Sylvia, Naya, Melinda, Jemmy, and then Kellyanne in last. Um, Naya, Sylvia, Jemmy, and Melinda all got the 20 minute penalty. And what's really, what's really interesting is that as soon as Sylvia got back to her star, she, it, I mean, and it could have just been the way that it would edit it was edited, but it looked like Sylvia got that puzzle done, like pretty much right away. I mean, even MJ in the, in the crowd was like, dang, Sylvia, like you did like did work. So, um, I think that had Sylvia not struggled so much with um, the swinging aspect of it, um, she probably, we maybe potentially could have even seen her in her second um, authority in a row. But unfortunately, I think that that 20 minute penalty really hurt her. And so um, we don't see that. But I think that this was, again, another maybe under the radar more um, area where we saw that. Sylvia is a competitor. So then we move on to 
heat number three and heat number three we have yes brad cyrus mj and Darrell. um the first person to hit the block is mj and um the way that we see it, it looks like he hit it pretty right away which was awesome however uh yes hit it pretty shortly after him and as we know yes is a very big puzzle brainiac type of competitor and so he was able to solve it before um MJ did and actually MJ seemed to struggle with his puzzle a little bit because um yes was the heat winner but that was followed by Cyrus Brad MJ and then Darrell in last Darrell is the only one in that heat who got the 20 minute penalty he stopped swinging at one point and he just sat there and honestly I don't blame him because he thought that he was going to be last and he knew that he was going to um, potentially go into elimination if if the first heat winner did 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 worse than he did, and so um, I kind of agree with this strategy because he's right. I think what he said maybe in a confessional or maybe he just said it was like, I don't want to go into a pole wrestle tomorrow with my hands all messed up because I was trying to swing and you know, if you're not going to win and you know, you're not going to win because people have already finished. I don't think that's a terrible strategy to have. A hundred percent. I thought he was smart to do that. Um, and oh my God, he had the best commentary out of this challenge talking about his fear of heights and mama, you need to come get me. If this is all your fault. <laughs> I love, Abby, I love that because every single season, I feel like he's like between him and Katie, they're like the most notorious for hating the heights. And when he finally gave the backstory that he, his mom made him go on a roller coaster when he was five years old, and that's why he hates heights, I was like, okay, now we get it. Now, after all these years. Yeah. That's so funny. Yes, I thought we, we definitely, I agree, got some great commentary out of him. I wish that like, the commentary was added to the fantasy points and not just the confessionals because there's just so much good commentary on the side that during these all-star seasons that we just don't see in uh, as much anyway on the flagship show. But of course it doesn't work that way and that's fine. But I just love these little nuggets of gold that we're getting along the way. I think that they are very fun. So in heat four, we have Tina, Ronnie, Kayla, Kendall, and Veronica. So the first thing that we really see is Tina. And somehow she like flips upside down and she falls and she decues. And Kellyanne could not be happier. She's on the sideline like, she decued. Oh my God. Like she's like my savior basically. Like, cause we all know that yeah. Kellyanne would have been the one going in had, had, um, Tina not decued. So we, we hear you have a good Kellyanne voice. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> That's funny. But we see that Tina is super embarrassed about the whole thing. She's like, this is embarrassing and all of America is going to see it. Um, but you know, I don't think that it's that embarrassing. Tina, don't be embarrassed. Um, yeah, maybe it wasn't the greatest look, but there are worse things in the world. It was funny. We got entertainment out of it and, um, we get to see something later that, um, brings things full circle again. So I am not mad at you for DQing as long as you still get to stay in the game. 
<laughs> she she laughed at herself like she handled it the best way she possibly could because it was fucking embarrassing and, and she laughed at herself <laughs> and she joked about it so I was I, I that's why I like her because she she can poke fun at herself yeah I she's agree TJ. she's like how did I lose I dropped first yeah <laughs> yeah, I, yeah at the end when TJ says that she's like I don't know what you're talking about I was the first to fall but yeah that's fun. but the first to kick the box that he was Kayla um we see that Kayla is followed shortly behind by Kendall and Kendall is on her puzzle game we know that um puzzles aren't exactly Kayla's strength but she pulls it out and she is the second person to finish her puzzle so we have Kendall and Kayla and then we have Ronnie Veronica and then last we have Tina that dehued so we find out that Tina and LT are the ones that are going into um the elimination and we also find out that um the authority this week is going to be yes and kendall are the winners they are the two that get to use the sabotage later later on but in second um in third place we have jordan and then brad and then john a and then kayla so um we see west going into jordan's room and kissing his hand and apologizing for the sabotage just sucking up and maybe you know playing up for the cameras in typical west fashion um but i think that the most important thing comes a little bit later um when we see the party um as for me like i don't i guess i didn't say this in my intro but um i have uh, my degree is in advertising and public relations and i am working on a master's degree in professional journalism right now so i noticed some things about like brands and stuff like that. And so I thought it was really interesting um, and kind of funny that all of the Modella Especial um, labels were covered in blue tape and all of the Corona labels were blur blurred out. So we all knew what they were drinking if you've ever seen those beers, but also um, we didn't know what they were drinking because they tried to hide it from us, which is, I mean, it's not like they can go to like each and every one of those brands and ask for a sponsorship if they're going to be having that wide of a variety of stuff that people are drinking because that would be insane but um maybe they should have just had them all drink corona and had them be a sponsor i don't know that's I you guys even, watch, i didn't even um, notice that but i know modella very well because it's my favorite beer so i noticed the modella <laughs> i didn't notice i didn't notice it was blacked out or taped or on Netflix oh my god what is it love is blind and then the other one that I just watched with freaking Nick Lachey was awful the ultimatum mm -hmm. they make them all drink out of like these um wine glasses that are colored so love is blind there were like gold wine glasses and then on the ultimatum they're like silver but it helps them with editing and continuity so instead of cutting back and forth and someone's cup is low and then it's high you just see like the silver or the gold they look really kind of chic but that's the reason they do it i thought that was interesting and i'm surprised they don't try to do something different but it's probably too many people and they're out at a bar you can't really probably do something like that i love our perspective on these kind of things because of the backgrounds that we have michelle that's really really interesting good well um, my background is sports my degrees in sports management so y'all are teaching me a lot because i know none of this and and you can teach us about the competition aspect <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> i'll do what i can 
But um, aside from me just thinking that that was, you know, just an interesting little side note, um, the most important thing about the party is that Tina goes to um, John A and she's talking to John A and Wes, which I thought was interesting since Wes is not part of the authority, but she is very specifically talking to John A and she says that if Melinda or Veronica are put in, I will take that as a dirty move. I will take that as a threat. And um, she threatens John A and basically is like, don't do this or else. And John A is like, Tina, I'm not playing your game. I'm playing my game. And I'm like, go girl, go girl. I mean, I love Tina, but like, John A's right. She's 100% right in the situation. She needs to play her game. Because if she doesn't play her game and she plays somebody else's game, then she's not going to win. There's no, I mean, that's just the simple facts of the game. So I am glad that John A didn't take that and push it under the rug or be passive about it or any of that. I'm glad that she took it to heart because, um, you know, like Kayla says a little later on when she's talking to Kayla and Jemmy about it, when John A is talking to Kayla and Jemmy about it, um Kayla says we're not rewarding bad behavior and I agree with that I agree with the path that they're on um again I thought that it was interesting that John A, Jemmy and Kayla were all having a little powwow about things it, it clearly shows that the three of them are close or becoming close and um I, I agree with everything that they're saying. LT says that he'd prefer not to go against Nehemiah or Cyrus or Darrell. And um, I get that too. I mean, I get all of it. But um, I get why you don't want to go against them. But at the same time, I don't know. I get why they're saying that because in All-Stars 1 and 2, people just kind of listened and were like, oh, okay, you don't want to go against your friend? fine we won't let you go against your friend but yeah they use it to make it easier on themselves well they want to go against this person and not yeah yeah but I like what Wes and Kayla and John A and Jemmy are bringing to this game and that they are standing up for themselves they're playing their own game and they're not caring what other people have to say and I think that that's but do you think it changed like do you think Tina saying I don't want to go against Melinda changed the result of what was going to happen that I don't know I think they probably still would have put Melinda in there whether or not Tina said that um I think that it's possible that they would have put Melinda in there but who are the other ones that were up I mean they all saved a person. It was Melinda. It was Ronnie, Ronnie, Melinda, and Veronica. Um, I don't see um, Kayla at this point putting in Veronica because I think that I think they're aligned. And but I I I haven't seen any one connection that Ronnie has made. And so mm -hmm. I think that it would have been Ronnie going in instead of Melinda had Tina not made that comment personally interesting yeah so in the deliberation um we see kendall straight off the bat saying um tina doesn't want these two lt doesn't want these three and let me tell you kendall looks 
so uncomfortable. Like, it's almost hard to watch her. She looks so uncomfortable. Like, she did not want to be in that position. You could totally tell. Um, I mean, yeah, it's great to have power. It's kind of like what she said after she won. Like, I'm glad that I won. I wanted to win. But, like, also, like, now I'm afraid for what's going to happen. And I don't think that she was comfortable in that deliberation. I think that she was ready for an All-Stars 1, All-Stars 2 deliberation. She was not ready for the heat that Season 3 is clearly going to bring us. Um, But did not like the way that went neither one of them seemed to like the way that went um and Kayla just all the way is like I don't think that should matter because this is our decision here not theirs and in my mind I'm watching this guys and I have to tell you Kendall made a tweet during all-stars 2 about now that now that this is airing I will I will say it I I haven't said anything to anybody about this yet but while All Stars 2 was airing, she made she made a tweet when she was doing her like recaps or whatever that she does about her kids every week, you know, and uh, like what their reactions. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in one of them, she says that um, one of her kids mentioned I can't remember exactly what the tweet was, but something about um, her missing Halloween. And so I DM'd Kendall and I was like, Kendall. Halloween wasn't All Stars two. It was during All Stars three filming, because <laughs> it was like airing at the same time or whatever, you know. Yeah. And um, she's like, "Oh shit, you're right." And I was like, and then I told her that I dressed up as Kayla for Halloween, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, that's like send me pictures or whatever." So I sent her the pictures of me of Kayla and everything. And like, now I'm seeing this unfold and seeing that they're on like opposite sides. And I'm like, oh my God, I should not have said that to Kendall. Oh no, she's, um, she's sweet. So (laughs) I just thought it was really funny, but yeah, she definitely tweeted about being gone over Halloween during all stars too. And I was like, nobody else, if they don't know the spoilers, they're not going to know it's fine. But, (laughs) and if they do know the spoilers, they're probably not going to notice. And if they do, they know the spoiler, so they don't care, you know? But I thought it was really funny that, um, yeah, I definitely, definitely was telling Kendall that I was Team Kayla. <laughs> My bad. You pick up on everything. <laughs> what was that, Abby? You pick up on everything. I try. Yeah. That's why you're yeah, my, my, go, my go-to encyclopedia. <laughs> it just happens. It just happens. So um, during the deliberation, they decide that um, what they're going to do is they're each going to save one person. It's Kayla's idea and yes, is totally on board, but Kayla's right. And she's smart and saying that like, everybody already knows I'm going to say Sylvia. So I'm not showing any cards here, but she gets to see everybody else's. So Kayla saves Sylvia Kendall saves Kellyanne, which is not surprising at all. And I think, um, Abby, you mentioned earlier that John A saves MJ. We then have Yes saving both Jemmy, which surprised me a little bit. I didn't realize that they were that close, but apparently they are, and Derek. And then we have Jordan saving Naya and Brad saving Wes. So that leaves us with Ronnie, Melinda, and Veronica for the girls, and Mark, Cyrus, and Nehemiah for the guys. Um, Jordan um, wants to take Mark out of the equation. He doesn't want to put him in. Brad says that he won't vote for Mark, but somehow 
um, when all the votes are placed, it ends up be, um, being that um, Mark is the one that they uh, end up choosing for the men and Melinda is the one that they end up choosing for the women. Um, at one point, you yes. know what? I, I wish we got to see, you're making me remember, we didn't really get to see how they decided on Mark out of the other so three guys. They, I kind of wish. So all, we, all we saw was their na them naming him, all voting for him, right? No, well, we saw them all, we get a flashback of them yeah. raising their hands and five of the six, everybody but Brad ended up voting to put Mark in. Oh, see, I missed that. Okay. Wow, I'm surprised. Five out of the six. Okay. Yeah. As Latarian said, his reaction was, how the fuck? That's how I felt. <laughs> so what's really interesting about the people that they chose is I doubt they even meant to do this. But what we get to see now is we get to see a rematch from season one. In season one, we saw LT go against Mark in an elimination. Um, the elimination where they're both on the logs and they have the rope and they're both pulling it and they have to pull one of one of they have one of the people has to pull the other one off of the log and we see Mark B LT in that elimination. And so we're seeing a rematch for those two. And then we're also seeing a rematch of Melinda versus Tina in um, season two. And this is the um, after Tina's meltdown where she says that she doesn't think that it's good for her mental health. She doesn't like the way that things are going um, for her mentally in the game. And she bows out and quits that elimination versus Melinda. Melinda then goes ahead and finishes the elimination so that she actually wins it. Um, but so we are in episode two, already seeing two rematches from season one and season two. The elimination, um, this- uh, Hey, Christina. Yeah. I'm sorry, can we go back to yeah. um, the authority because I, I was confused by this and I even asked this in one of my group chats because I found it really interesting when Kayla brought up the Austin Alliance because in my head she was working with um, Wes and Nehemiah by that point <laughs> based on the earlier, you know, the scene we had talked about earlier. So what my question was, was she throwing them all under the bus or just trying to push the Melinda Vote. I think that she was trying to push the Melinda thing because again now that we have Melinda out we don't have the Austin crew anymore we have the KC crew the only okay. difference between the Austin crew and the KC crew is Melinda is part of the Austin crew and Sylvia is part of the KC crew and of course Kayla is going to be part of that too being so closely aligned with Sylvia so in my opinion I don't know this maybe we can ask Kayla if we ever have her on the pod um, but I personally think that she was trying to go for Melinda. I don't think there's any way that Nehemiah was going into that elimination. Yeah, that was, that was my gut reaction too. And yeah, so I just wanted to get y'all's point of view on that. Okay, go on. We can go on to the elimination. Okay. So the elimination, this, um, episode was called lights out. Um, we see Nehemiah walking Melinda down the stairs and we see um, pretty instantly that 
Um, TJ asked her what's up and she ends up quitting. She says that she um, was hurt and that she shouldn't have come back so soon. So personally, I'm glad that she owned it. I kind of wish that um, somebody else could have just had her spot and we wouldn't have wasted that spot, but it is what it is. I understand where she's coming from. Um, I think that she did the best thing for her and for her health. And I think that going back to what I said about the rematch from before, it just really makes this full circle since Tina quit their first elimination. Um, Melinda quits their second one. Honestly, I hope that in all stars four, we get to see, um, them actually compete against each other because so far we've seen them go into elimination twice against each other and did not compete. Um, yeah, I, I kind of, I felt bad for Melinda, but I agree if she, like, I think too many people showed up injured. You're, I think you're absolutely right. Um, but I, I never, like, I never was a huge Melinda fan, but I really, she really grew on me last season. So I don't know. I was, I was still sad to see her go. Yeah, I was definitely sad to see her go. I just think that it was her time. I think that she came hurt and that's all there really is to it. Um, so then we see LT versus Mark. Um, Mark is pulling, pulling, um, what basically what this elimination is lights out is that both there's this like long, big metal pole. They're both attached to it and they're both trying to get to this button where they can showcase a beam of light and, um, they, have to pull the other person in the other direction in order to get to um, that button that they have to press. And for the most part, um, we see, well, at first we just see them like digging in the sand. And then um, we see that Mark takes the lead. And the I wonder how long this elimination actually went because the last timestamp that we saw was like 45 minutes. And I feel like it went longer than that because people are talking in the stands about different kinds of strategies. LT figure, uh, figures out his different strategy. And Mark is so close to winning that the only chance that he has of winning is to try to run around in the opposite way, make Mark go farther from his um, beam or his button that he needs to press for his beam of light. And so we see him run around. We see him give a good effort. We see him kind of almost do it i mean mark isn't very close to his his uh button at one point but we see mark make the ultimate stretch and pull out the win so we have mark for the win here tina for the win here melinda and lt unfortunately go home sorry sorry michelle i know well you know what I, there's two things i'm upset about one is like on All Stars One, Latarian had a pole wrestle against Ace. On All Stars Two, he had the pole wrestle against Tyler. Like, why did we not get a pole wrestle for All Stars Three? But then when you think about it, I think probably someone would have died between Mark and Latarian. So they probably couldn't have done it. Oh, it would have been a Derek and Joss all over again. Yeah, right. Um, hey, do either one of y'all remember who told Latarian at first? that strategy because Latarian didn't come up with it himself. The crowd, someone in the, maybe Darrell, I could be wrong though. I can't, I can't remember. Maybe it was, or yeah, but someone in the crowd 
gave him well, that idea. I was like, oh my God, is he going to pull this off? Well, I think John A is the one that we see initially come up with it, but I don't know if she like said it to him or if people in the crowd started yelling what she was saying, but I can't remember who she was talking to, if it was MJ or if it was somebody else, but we see her um, say it and then be like, well, like, well, like that's not going to work. And she's like, well, what else is he supposed to do? It's the only thing he can try because he was losing at that point. Like there was no way he was going to win. He didn't switch it It up. It was smart. I mean, hey. It almost almost worked. It was, it was inches away from working, but it didn't work. No, (laughs) in the end, it didn't work, unfortunately. So that's how the episode ends. And then we see the trailer for episode three. In the trailer for episode three, let's get excited. We see Yes and we see Wes talking. And Yes says, you like big moves and you like to make a mess. I hate that shit. (laughs) We know that that is going to be something that we see um, next week. Um, We... I see Kendall um, saying, can I sabotage a guy? We hear TJ saying, of course. So we find out that you can sabotage anyone. It doesn't have to be the same gender as you. So that's really interesting. And then we see the classic um, daily challenge clip of them. Gosh, I can't remember what this one is called, but it's the one where they're all in the mud and they have to go for the balls and, it's just a messy yeah. fighting war over. Oh, I love that challenge. I'm excited. Too, and we get to see it next week. So I am super, super excited for that. Excited for everything um, that is to come with this season of All-Stars 3. Um, I am excited for this podcast. I know that obviously this one's pretty long, guys. We had to introduce ourselves. We had to um, talk about the first two episodes. Of course, they had to drop two episodes on us the first time. Um, But in the future, we're going to try to keep these podcasts a little bit shorter than this, especially since we'll only be recapping one episode. We've also talked about some fun segments that we're going to come up with for you guys um, for future ones, but we really just wanted to keep this one to um, pretty simple recapping and pretty um, just, you know, you guys getting to know us as the hosts of this new podcast. So do you two have anything to add before we end here? Um, I just want to say the other thing with Melinda and Latarian leaving, it's like the alliance from last season that I love, the King's Palace, is now disbanded. Nehemiah is the only one left. So now he's free to be with his other alliance. Um, but I was I was sad about that because I liked the King's Palace last season. Honestly, I think that that was part of the point of getting Melinda gone. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We'll see. Um, well, the only thing... My last thought, sorry, all the kids came home and sorry for some of them. I, I try to stay on mute, but I was making dinner at the same time. We're recording this podcast for, for them. So there's some noises. So now I'm outside and there's a dog barking. So I apologize. Um, it's either that or, or Kyler whining. Um, but no, I'm so excited to be doing this. Like, I'm so glad you asked me, Christina. I never, I always said like, I would never do a podcast and 
but to do it with two of my closest friends um, who I met via Twitter, it's, I think the three, you know, of- I was nervous about it. I was nervous about it. And y'all said it, Mitch said it, just, just talk to your friends. And so. Yeah, I it's think it's been that- a fun, fun, yeah. fun. Yes, I think that it was definitely a fun first one. I think that the three of us are going to do great together. I think we all mesh really well together. And I think that we all can bring some different opinions and things um, to this podcast. Um, So if you two don't have anything else to say, um, I'm just going to say that for everybody who is listening to us right now, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to us. Um, All three of us really, really appreciate it. let us know what you think. Let us know um, what we can do better. Again, this is our very first time podcasting together. So I'm sure that we will just get better and better and better from here. So also, we don't, we want to talk about reality TV. We want to talk about real life. We want to talk about a lot of different things here. So let us know what other shows you guys are watching, what other shows you want us to talk about. And um, just thank you for t- tuning in to the Reality Served Real podcast. Um, We've been your hosts today and we couldn't be more grateful to have anybody at all listening to this podcast. So thank you again. Anything else you guys? No? No, you did did all the heavy lifting, Christina, good job. (laughs) Awesome. Well then we are gonna sign off now um, and we will see you next week.